Welcome to the RE Human Layer Security Podcast, the show that flips the script on cybersecurity. I'm Tim Sadler, the CEO and co-founder of Tessian, and in each episode, I'll be interviewing IT and business leaders about why we need to protect people, not just machines and data, to stop breaches and empower businesses to achieve their missions. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the interview with John Overhide last week. And if you haven't checked it out, I encourage you to download it. It makes for great weekend listening. For this week's episode, I'm actually going to be handing over the microphone to my colleague, Henry Trevelyan-Thomas, who heads up customer success at Tessian. He recently had a fascinating conversation with Jess Byrne, a senior analyst at Forrester, who contributes to Forrester's research on the role of the CISO and Zero Trust. And I wanted to share it with you because it contains so many great tips and insights for professionals looking to adopt a human-centric approach to security. For example, did you know that 61% of CISOs think their employees will cause the next data breach? This is something that Jess and Henry discuss in more detail, and Jess explains how you can overcome these fears simply by better understanding the human behind the employee, how they work, and where their vulnerable moments lie in their daily lives. I hope you enjoy it, and you can also check out a report that Jess refers to via the link below in the show notes. I'll be back next week, and I'll see you there. Hi, everyone. I'm Jess Byrne, and I'm a senior analyst on Forrester's security and risk team covering security leadership, email security, incident response, and other areas. And I'm thrilled to be here today to talk about a recent study Forrester conducted on behalf of Tessian. And yes, email is still a major threat. We're just starting to pour over our 2021 business technographics data here at Forrester, and this really jumped out at me. Of those respondents to our technographic survey who reported an external attack in the last 12 months, 31% reported that the attack was carried out via phishing. Now, this is up from 23% in our 2020 data and from 18% in our 2019 data. So that's a 13 percentage point jump in two years. Now, I'm sure this tracks with many of you here who are on the front lines in the battle against phishing and business email compromise, and it is a never-ending battle. And it's fought on an individual employee by individual employee basis. It's time and resource intensive, and sophisticated phishing and BEC emails still get through. And we're just talking about external attacks here. Our 2020 business technographics data indicates that 23% of breaches stemmed from internal incidents. And of those incidents, we see that 43% were malicious and 39% were from inadvertent misuse or somehow by accident. So we've got bad actors coming at us from the outside and a few of them on the inside as well. And then we have a whole group of folks that may mean no harm, but they're causing breaches and incidents just from human error. So when we think of phishing and BEC, and when we think of insider risk of any type, the common thread is the human, human error, human fallibility. How do we protect against it? Well, we set out to find out just that in a study, and we found that those organizations who focus on securing for human error and fallibility are better able to keep up with evolving threats without sacrificing employee experience or customer trust. So let me tell you a little bit about who we surveyed. There were a total of 317 respondents in our survey with a fairly even split in geography between the US and the UK. And all of the respondents were at a director level or above and most worked in IT or information security, um, but the companies and industries varied in terms of size. And additionally, 57% of those respondents were the final decision makers for their organization's security and risk management strategies. Unsurprisingly, 
everyone who responded to the survey had some form of email security tool. They also had DLP as well. And also unsurprisingly, 98% of those surveyed in our, in our study experienced a breach via email. And more employees, more problems, right? Larger enterprises with 20,000 or more employees reported experiencing more accidental data loss, more sensitive data exfiltration, uh, more intellectual property theft, insider threat, and data breaches. But you know, the numbers, if you look at this, are not really great for any sized organization. Clearly, standard email tools and DLP aren't enough to hold back the tide of losses and exposures. So, and these organizations are they're really taking a hit on multiple fronts as a result. Email-based incidents, like all incidents and breaches, accidental or not, have lasting impact on employee and customer trust, as well as on, bottom li- on the bottom line when you think about things like regulatory fines or just revenue being impacted. And then let's not forget how phishing and BEC attacks are primary methods for financial fraud and credential theft, which, as we know, can lead to a larger and more destructive attack in the form of ransomware. So a great deal of money has been invested to stem the tide of incidents and loss with security teams throwing everything but the kitchen sink at the problem. If you look at this here, this is some serious expense and depth right here. And when we look at inbound threats and data loss related to human error specifically, the respondents to this study are checking all the process boxes, right? They're doing all the things, but they're still spending an average of five to 12 hours investigating each phishing or data exfiltration incident as it happens. And then as a result of that, these organizations can spend up to 600 hours a month resolving employee human-related security incidents. That's a lot of time. You know, and at the end of the day, respondents were fairly resigned to dealing with the vulnerability email and human error introduces to the organization. If you look at some of these stats, they're kind of grim, right? I mean, 67% say email is most susceptible to security incidents caused by human error. And over 75% report that 20 or more email security incidents get past their existing security controls. And one quarter of them say they just can't prevent accidental data loss and misdirected emails. That's kind of grim, no? So what should we do? Well, many security leaders are starting to take some steps to secure human layer um, through and mitigate the risk of human error as it relates to email. So they're increasing executive awareness of the risks human error poses to the business, and they're getting buy-in for additional investments, awareness efforts, and doing things that really set the tone from the top, which is extremely important. They're looking to, uh, into investing new tools that focus specifically on human behavior and interactions with email. And, and some of these tools also happen to offer you know, automation for detection techniques and faster action. So that's great. And they're, they're getting more tailored about their awareness training and focusing on the teams that are functions that are either bigger targets or they're more prone to human error for some reason. And then lastly, they're bringing in more headcount. And this is all really, really great to see. As these leaders are looking into and piloting and adopting some of these new tools out there to reduce the risks posed by human error, they're seeking solutions that allow them to gain visibility into risky human behaviors and and build unique security, uh, identity, and risk scores at the individual and employee level. This is is great stuff. And then they then want to use all this great data and turn it into valuable intelligence, intelligence that can feed automated machine learning-based threat detection um, and help them predict and protect protect against those unknown threats that are coming down the pike. 
this is great progress in email and human layer security. Uh, you know, and as they're starting these pilots and rollouts because they really expect to see real return on their investments in the form of fewer incidents, fewer audit findings, a better understanding of enterprise risks, and of course, better employee experience and customer trust, which ultimately leads to uh, increased revenue. So through this study, we found that security and risk leaders who are already taking a more human layer approach to their email security strategy, they feel a little more prepared to face the security and data loss incidents with their current tech stack than those who have not taken that route yet or gone that route yet. So the folks that are doing this, they believe their email security posture is extremely effective um, at alerting the organization to potential threats or attacks um, from users' risky behaviors or poor security decisions. But meanwhile, those who don't take that human layer approach, they're the ones that are feeling resigned to that constant battle against email and human airborne threats. Uh, they don't feel as much control over business disruptions. So this was a really interesting study, and I encourage you all to download and check out the paper with more data and detail on human layer security. But in the meantime, I'd like to share with you our recommendations for moving forward with a more human approach um, to email security and data loss prevention. And first, work with your teams and those in the organizations that are really on the front lines of employee experience, people like like tech support, help desk, project or product managers, uh, and developers, and really understand how they complete their tasks and how they communicate. And then think about how effectively your current solutions safeguard against, safeguard the data and their interactions as they complete those tasks. So these workflows are employee journey maps, which is a great exercise to go through. They should uncover areas of vulnerability to human error and where to focus additional training and resources. And the next, stop throwing technology at the problem and think about, one, how to use what you have to the best of its capabilities, and two, how to layer on additional tools that fill gaps in mitigating email and human error risks. So consider tools that provide automation and machine learning technology, which can really help you stay one step ahead of those constantly evolving attacks. Um, and they also help you reduce those resource hours that we talked about earlier, right? For all those times that security team needs to spend in triage and investigation. Uh, and then lastly, remember though, that people, even though they're a big threat to the security of your organization, they're also the engine of your business. They need to do their jobs, and it's when they try to get around policies or short-circuit those cumbersome security processes that incidents or data loss most often occur. So as these security incidents arise, use those moments and consider providing contextual, in-the-moment coaching, which improves their awareness, and it really helps them make the right decisions in real time. Make security everyone's responsibility in a daily part of their lives, right? This approach provides the advantage of applying human layer security with traditional security solutions, and it also results in greater overall protection for your organization. And then the bonus is it changes uh, employee perception of security as this department of no with their focus on um, roadblocks and confusion into a group that's actually focused on their empowerment and enablement. Jess, thank you so much for talking us through that research. First up, Jess, we'd love to understand what findings were you really surprised by with the study? You know, what stood out and really crushed your hypothesis that you had going into it? I don't know if it, it crushed my hypothesis, but it sort of crushed my dreams a little bit. And I think because I was most surprised at the level of resignation that we saw and, you know, in the data for those security leaders and those security pros that, that 
they have all the traditional email security and, and DLP tools in place, but none of them are stopping those sophisticated phishing and BEC attacks. And, um, you know, it was, what was it, 40% um, said on average that they see 10 plus employee related security incidents per month that include accidental data loss or, you know, um, that are, you're, they're seeing BEC coming up there as a, as a top concern. And it was, so again, it was surprising, but it was also like, it was a little bit sad to see that level of resignation really, because there are solutions out there that can help. And, you know, it's time to start thinking about what, what comes next for email security as, as sophistication only continues to rise really. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think there was one stat which really stood out at me um, from the report, which was 61% of security and risk leaders believe that an employee's action will cause their next data breach. And that's yeah. that's a huge amount of leaders who are betting on the fact that human error is going to cause the next data breach. So then the yeah. question falls naturally to, hey, what are they doing to prevent it? And I think um, traditional solutions, and it's referenced slightly in the report, of secure email gateways, legacy DLP providers, they've been around for years. But based on the stat that you just said of 40% see on average 10 plus employee-related security incidents, they're obviously not cutting it when it comes to these nuanced human-related security incidents such as accidental data loss, business email compromise, etc. What do you think are the key missing components when it comes to detecting these more nuanced and advanced human-related security incidents in these legacy providers? Yeah, I think just what people are missing overall right now is context. I think context is a really big missing component. And I think it's really contributing to all those hours noted on the study where, you know, security team members are chasing down and they're investigating these incidents and spending, what was the average, 600 hours um, chasing this stuff down. You know, traditional tools are sort of these reactive like alert machines that rely on rules and, and filters. And so they, they lack that context. So there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of false positives. And that's just having people run all over the place, um, chasing these things down. It's really disruptive and it's, it's kind of a big time waster. So if you're able to use something like machine learning, which has come such a long way, you know, in the past five years or so, if you're able to use that to understand how individuals and teams are um, departments or specific functions work, how they do their jobs, what their workflows look like, and how they're communicating and sharing data in, internally, you know, with customers, with partners, because partners are also a big issue when it comes to breaches. Third parties are are huge for that. But again, there's it's the humans in those third parties that are sort of contributing to this as well. Um, if you're able to look at how people are doing their jobs, you can better understand when you see abnormalities and abnormal patterns that might indicate somebody's making a mistake or somebody might have malicious intent, and then you can take action before any huge amount of damage is done. Yeah, I love that. And it's obviously so central to what we think about here at Tessian of how you can leverage behavioral intelligence to spot and mitigate these more advanced threats. And I think a really key part of it as well is not just being able to spot those advanced threats, but interact with users in a way that resonates with them and actually gains their trust. Because you know, a legacy DLP or a rule-based DLP platform, for example, can be very disruptive and that can erode trust, which can get, then mean um, administrators are more reluctant to, to roll it out. Yeah. But one of, the, one of the things that was emerged in the report as a, as a top priority was email security specifically. Um, I think it was almost half of security and risk leaders were saying that they were going to be addressing and looking at it in the coming year. 
I know that was very specific to the report of looking at human-led security um, and the findings there, but we'd love to understand, you know, you have a great vantage point working for Forrester. Um, is this a trend that you're seeing amongst your clients as well? Yes, right. It's it's email security is having, it's starting to have a bit of a moment. I think it's going to be even more so as we move forward because uh, it's, you know, it's getting back into that spotlight because its role is is a big one in these really massive destructive events like ransomware attacks, right? It's often the reconnaissance phase of a larger attack. So there's a lot more interest in awareness and training efforts to help people spot those attempts at credential theft, which can then lead to those attacks, right? We've seen people get in through, you know, VPN credentials and other ways and, and cause major damage. Um, so email for these reasons is is an important area for people to be looking at and, and doing that training and awareness. Email is also a key input into XDR, which is a, you know, a popular uh, buzzword now. But, but the reason people are moving to a solution like an XDR, which stands for extended detection and response, is because it's taking in more than just network activity, right? That traditionally or endpoint mm-hmm. activity that's on a, a laptop because so much is in the cloud right now, right? So um XDR is gaining more market share from traditional endpoint security suites and EDR solutions. So, uh, because again, it brings in things like email. So that's important. And I think we're only going to see this trend in looking at email security and email as an input um, into larger detection and response solutions. Um, that's going to only increase in the future. One of the other big trends that we're seeing specifically in that email, like, landscape and i agree i think email is definitely having its moment um as you put it is we've seen a huge trend of customers relying more and more on microsoft's um, much improved security offering um whether that's like an e5 or a sorry e3 or e5 license and augmenting that with advanced behavioral intelligence based solutions which is going to capture that more um nuanced human element of risk and, um, and that approach is resulted in customers asking, do we still need our secure email gateway? Uh, is that something that you're seeing in market as well with the emergence of Microsoft and, and perhaps the demise of the secure email gateway? Well, I mean, we're seeing a Microsoft be just a huge player on the security scene on, on all fronts, right? And that's changing every single market that they're in. Um, and we're also seeing you know, standalone solutions sort of um, move away, right? So I'm, I, I will say right now that I think DLP as a standalone solution is pretty much over. So, you know, mm-hmm. there are just better ways and more integrated ways to monitor for and prevent data loss now that are included in email security um, and in insider risk-focused type solutions that focus on humans and human behavior. Um, so, so yeah. So, you know, I think it was actually pretty cool to see that play out in the study, right? Because it clearly showed organizations that were taking this more human-centric approach are, are better prepared to deal with data loss and incidents, and that's that's not a reliance really on traditional tools. They're they're better at you know they've got these additional insights and visibilities from these investments that they're making into new types of solutions in these areas, um, and they're taking that insight and they're creating these really sticky in the moment awareness and training opportunities. And that to me, I'm. Forrester, you know, is a big fan of, of talking about and advocating for changing security culture in organizations. And you don't do that by being punitive and running phishing tests and like just reporting out on that data and then just telling people that they're just not vigilant and doing a bad job, right? You help them make security choices and help make security the easy choice in their daily lives. And that 
relies on a, on a whole new way in looking at people's behaviors. And so, um, you know, I think that these new solutions and these more layered solutions on top of other platforms are, are helping with that because they're really, really focused on, again, that, that human layer. Yeah, it's um, it's something that we think a lot about at Tessian. In fact, we had some great discussions with our customer advisory board recently of if you can understand human behavior and spot things in the moment based on data related to a specific individual in your organization, you can deliver them with a really um, contextual in the moment coaching event, which then builds a more positive security culture. And then over time, rather than deploying, you know, a tick box exercise of phishing simulation every quarter, for example, to say, right. we've got a tick in that box, you're actually really meaningfully reducing risk by allowing your employees to understand when the risk is prevalent and what signifies it is a risk. Do you think that then changes the landscape of what security training and awareness looks like in the future as well? I think it does, right? So are you going to remember what some talking heads said in a boring 45-minute video that you have to watch once a year and, and you know, complete a quiz for? Are you going to remember if something pops up and says, hey, we see you're, you're sending something. Is it, are you sure you wanted to do this? Or there's some message there that helps people understand what they're doing is actually risky and they may not have known it, right? That's probably going to stick better than uh, watching a video, even if it's funny. You know, I know there's been some great training and awareness videos out there, but the memory um, isn't, it's not going to actually stick in the same way. So yeah, I think, I think in the moment is, is the way to go with a lot of these, these training solutions, because you're, you're helping people right in real time as they're trying to do their, their daily tasks. Exactly. And it ultimately it's, it's about creating that moment that someone goes, you know, previously they may have gone, ah, security, that's not, that's not my remit. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sales right. guy or, you know, I work in, I work in accounts, security's not my job. Whereas when you show it to them in the moment when there's an event which is actually potentially going to impact them, it's like suddenly like, wow, I get it. This is why it's important. This is why I need to, you know, this is why I need to step up and make decisions in the moment mm -hmm. that are going to keep our organization safe. Um, I think it's really neat. Um, there's been so many learnings from today's session, um, your presentation, and then also some of the questions that have gone in today. would love yeah. to understand if the audience were to take three things away from your findings, what should they take away? Well, I think it comes down to the recommendations that, that I just talked about, and they're, they're also in the, the study uh, and the paper that folks can download, and that is um, start by understanding your humans and how they work, right? Really take the time to look at and, and Forrester advocates for what we call, you know, customer or employee journey maps. What does it take to, for them to get to point A to point B in terms of doing their task? And where are the vulnerable moments um, in their daily lives that you need to add additional training and awareness or you need to apply certain, you know, machine learning to understand what normal looks like, right? Understand what normal looks like and then understand if what you currently have can actually prevent those incidents that might occur or can mitigate some of those risky behaviors or vulnerabilities that you're seeing in their, in their journey as an employee. Um, and then, you know, if something happens, use those incidents as a way to increase awareness and empower those employees to make security the easy choice in their daily interaction. So it, it's an investment on the part of security leaders but it's one that's definitely going to pay off because you, you get these really, until now, unprecedented insights into the way people work. And if you think about the way people work now, that's different, right? Every insider 
threat model broke in March of 2020, at least in the United States, you know, it did because people went home, everything went to the cloud and people went home and people were homeschooling their children and people were not doing their daily commutes and nothing looked the same. So old reactive alert-based, filter-based, rules-based type solutions aren't going to help understand what normal looks like on an individual employee by individual employee basis. So um, what I want people to take away is get get to know your, your humans and how they work and then invest in the right technologies to help them make security the easy choice in their daily lives. Jess, that's amazing. You heard it here first, people. Understand <laughs> your understand your people, understand your technology, and then educate and empower your employees. I think some really powerful takeaways. There is so much more I could ask you. But for now, a huge thank you, Jess, for um, presenting today and also Forrester Consulting for carrying out the work. It's been so valuable to get your views on the market. And that just leaves me to say thank you very much for listening. We'll be back with more Human Layer Security Insights in our next episode. But if you can't wait that long, you can visit our blog at tessian.com forward slash blog, where you'll find lots of amazing content, advice, and tips. And if you enjoyed our show, please rate and review it on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. 